All right, welcome everybody. This is the Third and King podcast. My name is Max. With me is TJ. You can call him Tej, and we are here to discuss our beloved San Francisco Giants. How are you, Tej? I'm doing well. Happy to be here. How are you? Doing well. Baseball's back, right? Love the sun's it. shining here in Portland, and I get to chat with you, man. Nothing really I can complain about here. Yeah, yeah. Have you been listening to any of the games on the radio? Yes. The dual games is really throwing me off, though. <laughs> Dude, I searched San Francisco Giants a couple days ago to find out when we were playing. Saw that we were playing, and we were down like 1-3 or something to the Rangers. Went to MLB TV to put the broadcast on, and it was like a Rockies game. I was... It really threw me. <laughs> yeah, the split squad games can kind of throw a wrench in the whole system. But I yeah. think as it gets closer to the regular season, it'll be like normal. Yeah, we got one TV broadcast opening day, but and that wasn't even a Giants broadcast. That was uh, a what a Cubs broadcast. Yeah, yeah, I miss it. It's not quite the same. Yeah, agreed. So we have some stuff to talk about. You made some early predictions, right? Yeah, I think before the turn of the year. So uh, we'll discuss those coming up. But there is some news we should probably discuss. First off being Austin Slater is hurt. The tater. Yeah, the the Slater tater. Yeah, I think there there's a few injuries going around camp. But this is the only one, at least to me, that's somewhat concerning because they completely shut him down for at least a week. So I thought it was at least worth talking about, worth mentioning. I think kind of on the silver lining side, I think they have almost the perfect player to compliment him in Bryce Johnson. Yeah. Bryce Johnson is not on the 40 man, but he's a very good center fielder. He's a switch hitter, but doesn't hit very well against right-handed pitching or from the left side, but does hit pretty well from the right side, at least has in the minors. And since he's going to be splitting time with Yaz anyways, seems to be just a real easy fit. If Slater has to miss time, obviously we hope that he won't, but if he does, I think that's a pretty good fit as long as they can find a 40-man roster spot for him. Switch hitting is so crazy to me. <laughs> yeah, you have to, you know, what? what is it? Like you have to do something 10,000 times to be an expert yeah. and then you just have to double that because you have to do it from both sides of the plate. I remember being in Little League. We would go to the batting cages with the team and our coach was really big on making us bat opposite. So for me, lefty, and I just... Fanning every pitch. I just remember <laughs> feeling so dumb. Yeah, it's hard. Tomorrow's a big day for us. Yeah, we finally get a Giants broadcast on TV because the Giants are hosting Team USA for an exhibition for the World Baseball Classic. So yeah. if you've been itching to get some Giants broadcasts on the TV, this is the time. So we, being the Giants, we absolutely can't win that, right? Like, we're not <laughs> allowed to win that, even if we could win it. Yeah, that would be unpatriotic, I think. Yeah, that would be a bad look. <laughs> Giants don't have anyone on that roster, I don't think. No, I think Logan Webb was the only one kind of scheduled to be on it, and then he backed out. Because that could be fun if you're forced to play against some teammates. Definitely. Even if they had a shot, it's basically like an all-star team for Team USA. My guess would be that the Giants will probably start a lot of their regulars, but they're not going to get more than three to four innings because it's still so early in spring. So. My guess would be by the end of it, it'll be pretty lopsided in favor of, of Team USA. <laughs> I saw Shohei hit two bombs the other day. He's good at baseball. Hot take. Yeah, definitely. Michael Conforto, he's finally going to start in the outfield, yeah? Yeah, so he's only been DHing so far just because he's coming off that shoulder surgery. 
I don't think it was anything to be concerned about. The Giants are just being cautious, which is pretty run of the mill for the Giants. They tend to be very cautious when bringing guys back from injury. But it's still a good thing to hear that he's on track to start in the outfield later this week. Yeah, definitely. Also, Kyle Harrison, are you worried? I'm not. So he's, but my he's, face does not look worried. <laughs> he's thrown two and a third, two and two thirds innings, excuse me, uh, to the tune of a 27 ERA, uh, which is not good. But I don't know. I'm not worried about it. It's spring training. Are you worried? No. Spring's funny like that. Everything changes as soon as the season starts. Yeah, it's one of those things that's funny because if he was lighting the world on fire in spring, we'd be like, huh, he's ready. But if he's struggling, we're like, nah, it's just spring. But we don't know what he's working on. We don't know what they asked him to do. Maybe they said throw to this quadrant of the strike zone or else, you know, like, like we don't know. Yeah, at this point, I'm not worried. I mean, he was, he's been so good since he got drafted and probably so good before he got drafted that I don't know if it's the worst thing in the world if he struggles a little bit. You know, just to get that out of the way and get get a little struggle under his belt. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you bring up a good point. We don't know if he's working on something in particular, right? We don't know if he's trying to hit a specific target. Yes. Uh, I remember, not a giant, but I remember reading an article about Joey Votto in spring training. He only tries to go opposite field. Yes. So he's always trying to sit on pitches and, and really only working on that part of his game. Yeah, there was a story, this was a long time ago, back when Zach Granke, I think, was either still a prospect or even like a newly established pitcher still for the Royals. And basically, his pitching coach or somebody said that uh, velocity doesn't matter, it's all about command. So he went out there and he was only throwing like 85 miles an hour on purpose, but with a lot of command, but he just got shelled. And then he came back and was like, maybe velocity doesn't matter. So. <laughs> Yeah, you just you just never know. Cranky's such a weird dude. Uh, I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> I think that's that's the news. You have anything else before we dive in? Yeah, just one last quick thing. I have been listening to some of the Giants games on the radio if I've had time or you know throw it on in the background. And Joe Rizzo has been doing a lot of the play-by-play. He's actually the broadcaster for the San Jose Giants. And we're spoiled with our core four of broadcasters behind the mics. But it's been refreshing a little bit with Rizzo back there because he's a minor league broadcaster. He kind of has his finger on the pulse of some of the minor league players and kind of leans into that a little bit. If you like prospects, if you're into what's coming next, it's been a nice listen because he has, again, he has just a little bit more inside information on some of these players. I too, like I said, I've been watching or listening to a bunch of these games. And I think you and I discussed it offline that we're both maybe unreasonably optimistic about this team that we have. After losing out on our two big attempts, our two offers this offseason with Arson Judge and Correa, <laughs> yeah. my, my spirits were down. And totally. I, I wasn't mad at the Giants or ownership or whatever ultimately it's up to the players right and we yeah. just it just didn't work out yeah but, but i was sad and i mean now that we've got some games behind us i feel like baseball's back i'm a little my spirits are a little higher i told you i think we can certainly have a winning season even if yeah. it's a few games that's always the fun thing about spring training baseball's back Hope springs yeah. eternal. We can be very optimistic. We can be overly optimistic and kind of have fun with it. But that being said, despite the misses that happened with the Giants, which you already mentioned, 
Like, I think they put together a pretty good team. I think just with all the depth that they've built, the floor of the team is going to be quite high. And the baseline is already high. If a couple guys have better than expected seasons, you you never know what can happen. I'm excited. Like you said earlier, on a different topic, we're definitely biased. But yeah, yeah, it'll, it'll at least be a fun year, if nothing else. It will. I think it will. The farm system's looking good right now. We've got some boys down there that, that are hot right now, and I'm, I'm excited to see how that plays out for them. I'm, I'm sure we'll see some guys get called up. In particular, I know your boy Schmitty has been doing well. Yeah, that's what they call a tease in the biz, because we'll get to him in a little bit. <laughs> ooh, 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 okay, okay. <laughs> so yeah, let's do that then. Prior to spring training, you wrote a blog post with some predictions that I think we should talk about. Some yeah. are bold, some some not as bold, but nevertheless yep. worth discussing. Yeah, so just a couple quick notes on that. I wrote it in early September when we thought the Giants were pretty much out of it. So I was kind of looking ahead to what was then next year, what is now this year. Obviously, then there was that silly run where they were winning a little bit and the Phillies were just losing a ton. They seemed to just lose every game, which is also funny because then the Phillies snuck in and then went to the World Series, which kind of just proves that in baseball, all you need is to get in. I was telling people that this Phillies team is terrible. They're not <laughs> going anywhere. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought the same thing, but a couple of guys get hot. You have some good starting pitching, which the Phillies obviously did. And it's baseball. It's, it's weird and weird things can happen. So, yeah, all you have to do is get in and you never know what will happen. You know, as far as the predictions, some of them are a little bit more conceptual. Some of them are a little spicy. Let's see how dumb I am with these predictions. <laughs> yeah, it sounds good to me. I always love testing your dumbness. Yeah, so. it's always a fun game. <laughs> All right. Hot take number one. Giants trade David VR. Yeah, so I think this one is moderately spicy. To be clear, I have absolutely nothing against David VR. I think he's a good player. I think a lot of people, including maybe the front office, although they're obviously much smarter than you and I, but are putting a lot of stock in his pretty hot September where he hit a bunch of home runs and showed some of that power. I do have a few hesitations. As the Giants said, they wanted to get younger and athletic. I don't think he really fits the mold of being a gold glove defender or even anything close to that. I think the jury's still out on his defense. We don't know for sure, but I think even at his best, he'll be like an average defender. And then the big thing I'm a little bit worried about is I don't know if his power profile really plays at Oracle Park. He seems Mm. to have a lot of like opposite field, right center, right field power. And if we know anything about Oracle Park and Triples Alley, you know, power to the right side of the field just won't play and they play half of their games there he's not this like huge exit velocity guy either a lot of his home runs last year were kind of wall scrapers so i almost think that they would just do him a service of trading him to a ballpark that's a little bit more hitter friendly oracle park has kind of played a little bit more neutral than it did when it was first built and was just a stark pitcher's park but it's still not like a home run hitter park and i think if they trade him somewhere that is Philadelphia, like Cincinnati, you know, maybe he turns into like a 40 home run guy. 40? I mean, maybe that's stretching, but okay, let's say 30. But I think his peak at Oracle would be like 20. Uh, I don't mind that take. I do think there's probably a lot of people, a lot of players on the team that could be up for a trade, I guess. I guess I should say that I, at this point, uh, I don't, I really don't think I mind if we trade anybody in particular. Uh, maybe save Crawford, right? No one wants to see Crawford go. 
Um, yeah. I, I personally don't think I could handle another Brandon Belt situation. Seeing him in that Toronto blue just it hurts my heart. Yeah, um, it doesn't look uh, doesn't look natural. I agree. So I think anybody, I would be okay if we if we traded anybody at this point. I just want us to be good. But now, now that I think about it, there are those guys that I would be sad about just because they feel like friends, right? Like brothers. Sure. Yes, yeah. Slater, late night Lamont, probably Webb. I take it Webb. Absolutely, yep. please don't trade Wilmer. I love Wilmer. Ah, uh, he's the best. But yeah, no, I don't mind that take at all. Next one, Tyler Rogers. He's going to have a bounce back here. Yeah, so last year he gave up a bunch of runs, kind of had like <laughs> this weird stretch, especially in the middle of the year where I swear I've never seen like softer contact drop for more hits. You know, I thought he was like miscast a little bit as just like a pure eighth inning setup man type role. I think that's why actually they went out and signed his brother so that they do have someone to step into more like a setup eighth inning role and that they can kind of deploy Tyler Rogers a little bit more strategically. I think they need to definitely keep him away from the extra innings with like the zombie runner because he he does give up contact where in that situation you want somebody to strike out the batters. So I think they'll deploy him a little bit better. I think because the schedule is less unbalanced or I guess the schedule is more balanced that he's going to see hitters that he hasn't been exposed to yet. And then I do think that the Giants are just going to have better defense. And like there were a few pitchers, him included, that just absolutely got washed by the lack of defense that the Giants had. So, I mean, you know, I'm not saying he's going to be some elite all-star reliever, but I think he'll go back to being the solid reliever that he was in 2020 and 2021. Yeah, so this seems like a no-brainer to me. Right, because it's harder to get worse than what he did last year. <laughs> exactly. And you know that I've kind of been a Tyler Rogers hater, but I will admit I did take a look at his stats earlier, and he's not nearly as bad as I make him out to be. Yeah. But it did feel like in some big situations last season, it was just one too many home runs. Again, he's not he's not going to be a strikeout guy. He just yeah. isn't. So he's going to give up contact. It's going to be soft contact. It's going to be weird contact. So you're right. If it's like a high leverage, we need a strikeout situation. I don't think he's the guy for that, which is why I think they're not going to use him in that like setup role. But yeah, totally agree. I'll echo what you said. He's going to be facing batters who he hasn't seen yet. And I think facing batters that haven't seen him yet, yeah. which are that release is so crazy that that's so only going to benefit him. How cool is it that we signed his brother, though? I think that's really cool. Imagine how stoked they are. Oh, they're they're so stoked. And right? I think I think there's been a couple games where they've put them like back to back just just for fun. Like, <laughs> I think which, they played in the same game today in spring. Yeah, and they pitched in back-to-back innings. Yeah, that's nuts. Do you yeah. think that there will be any sibling rivalry? Maybe that pushes him a little bit? I don't think so. Obviously, I don't know. I don't want to pretend I know a lot about them personally, but they seem to be really good friends. So I don't know. I mean, maybe from like a friendly rivalry standpoint, like just pushing each other. It's going to be weird because it's going to look like the same guy throwing underhand and overhand. <laughs> they're they're identical in almost every way except for how they throw a baseball. Yeah, it's nuts. So next one, front office. They're going to do a three-team a three deal? Yeah, so 
this one came from an idea that I had that I think this front office has been pretty creative in some of their trades, like the trade for Lamont Wade Jr., the trade that got them Will Wilson, who all they basically had to do was eat like a huge contract to get a first round pick from the year before, which is pretty creative. And, you know, the jury's still out on whether Will Wilson will turn out to anything, but to eat some salary to get a first round pick from the year before, that's good process, whether or not the results work out. I was also a little bit surprised on how much they were in, or at least seemed to be in on Aaron Judge. This front office seems to be relatively reluctant to give away long-term deals, especially for guys that are already 30, because the back end of that contract just won't work out very well, probably. So I thought that they would get creative and make a three-team deal. I don't even know if they made any trades this offseason, let alone a three-team deal. I think it was just free agents. A couple like smaller trades for minor leaguers, but other than that, they didn't really do much. So this one, at least from a prediction standpoint, seems to be just a huge swing and a miss. Well, I mean, I kind, I think something's coming. It, it might not be a three-team deal, but I, I do think, look, there's a lot of time left before the trade deadline. So I think, yeah, I'm not convinced that that we're done. Uh, something's got to be cooking. I know. I know Farhan gets a gets a lot of heat from Giants fans. Uh, obviously, I trust the guy. I know you do too. Uh, I do. Yeah. I think uh, he'll deliver. I think we'll get something. Yeah. Okay. Shohei. I'd be surprised if they traded for him, just because they would have to give up so much to get Fun. him. And understandably, obviously, he's not only one of the best players in the league, but also like a huge draw. And I, I do think he'll get traded though, before the deadline, before the end of the season. I think, like you said, teams are going to throw everything at him. Cause my opinion is, is whoever gets him for half the season has the advantage, right? Cause they're already starting to talk about the contract and you, yeah, they're already, yeah, they're, they're starting to talk about an extension. The only thing that I have against that is that I think the Angels did enough this offseason to be okay. Like, they've been pretty bad, obviously, since they've had Shohei Otani. It's that tweet. It's like, oh, yeah, Mike Trout went three for four with a home run and two doubles. Shohei Otani did something that no one else has done since 1892, and the Angels are losing eight to four. But I think they did enough to be okay and with the three wild cards from each league now, you don't need to be much better than okay to just sneak in a playoff spot. You know, and with the trade deadline where it is, if they're hovering around 500 around the trade deadline, do you trade Shohei Otani? Probably not, but, you know, we'll, we'll have to see how the season goes. I'm just glad I don't have to make that decision. That's it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, the, the rally monkey still haunts my dreams. <sighs> I'm actually mad you brought that up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it lives rent-free in my brain. But I do feel bad, man, for Angels fans and those two players specifically, right? Trout yeah. and Shohei. Imagine yeah. having arguably the two – I think they are one and two on baseball's top 100 list. Yeah. On your team, and you can't you can't do it. And you can't yeah. even really get close. Yeah. Part of it's been that Trout's been hurt the last couple of years. Hopefully that changes. Hopefully he can stay healthy and – We'll see. Yeah, we don't have to get into it, but he's got that back issue. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I actually had forgotten about that. He was like, I'm going to miss like a significant amount of time. And then he was playing like the next week. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Giants continue to platoon position players. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think this one's that hot of a take. I don't think this is very spicy. I think, though, that there's a certain segment of the Giants fan base that hear the word platoon and just hate it. And 
from one standpoint, I get that in an ideal world, you want the same guys taking the field every day, you know, day in, day out. That being said, every hitter, every pitcher has platoon splits. And I think where they don't have a superstar, they're going to platoon to get an advantage. You know, I think Mitch Hanniger, Michael Conforto, and some others aren't going to be platooned. But I think where they don't feel confident in somebody's ability to hit like same side pitching, let's say Lamont Wade Jr. against left-handed pitching, they're going to continue to platoon. And I don't think that's a bad thing. You know, I I have kind of seen some Giants fans not too thrilled about that. So, but I think it's just going to continue to happen until if and when they have players with less noticeable platoon splits at every position. Yeah, not a hot take. Why would Cap switch it up, right? It's kind of his thing. It's kind of worked. I mean, it worked. It worked great in 2021. Like every button they pushed, every time they like pinch hit uh, Austin Slater for, I don't know. Mike Yastrzemski or something like that in 21, it seemed to work. It just didn't work as well last year, but I think it w- I think the process was still there. It's just the results that we didn't get. Yeah, and, and I think you're right because we don't have that superstar player who I want to see, right, every game. Oh, yeah, totally. I, I don't think I mind. I mean, I just get to see more talent and more guys out there. It's I don't mind yeah. it. So this one I do, I definitely want to talk about our defense significantly improving. Well, I don't think it can get much worse. (laughs) Uh, So from that standpoint, I don't think this is a hot take, but I think there's a few things that went into this. I tried looking into it a little bit, and I don't know if I'm smart enough to really come to any definitive conclusions, but just to give some numbers, in 2021, they were third in Major League Baseball, in the in all of baseball, in outs above average. That's like baseball savant's way of measuring defense. Mm-hmm. And then last year, they were, at least in the infield, they were 20th, and in the outfield, they were 30th, so absolutely dead last. But I think most of that came in May and June, where they were 29th and 29th, in each of those months, respectively. And then the rest of it, they were okay. They were like average, but they just dug themselves such a huge hole in those two months. Can't get out of it. You can't get out of it. You know, they had your mean Mercedes, God bless his soul, (laughs) playing left field. I don't think that was great. And then the other thing, and maybe this is a little tinfoil hat, but I think that there was a different baseball being used at least for part of the season. And the Giants were really good in 2021 because they knew where to put guys before the pitch was thrown. And then when there's a new baseball that has a slightly different flight path, that same positioning they were using didn't work. I just think that they were using data based off of of where to put their players based off of the previous year's baseball. So we should unpack that in a later podcast. Sure. Okay. Baseball theory, man. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you had anything else, but I definitely agree with you, right? They've got to improve. Look, we're not going to have Talkman out there robbing home runs. Right. Uh, but I do think that the outfield certainly improves. Uh, Jock looks like he's getting a little bit more exercise this year, and obviously Hanniger and Conforto are going to yeah. add to it. I think so. with like uh, Conforto and Hanniger, they're at least decent defensive outfielders. They're, yeah, they're yeah. good. I think they're pretty good. And that's just a huge step up from what they were playing in the outfield last year. You know, no offense to, you know, the Darren Ruffs and, (laughs) you know, I mean, they had Tyro Estrada started like 10 or 15 games in left field and that's not his natural position. And so it's not going to, it's not going to go well. Yeah. I think with, with two solid to maybe slightly above average outfielders in the corners, I think Yaz is solid in center field. I think Slater is 
pretty good in center field. If they're average, I think they're fine. They were last last year. So that, so, that yeah. in itself is a big improvement. They, they, they have to improve. Infield, though, maybe we'll get to see Schmidt at the hot corner. That'd be fun. That would be fun. I am a big concerned. I guess not concerned, but I'm a little weirded out with seeing Jock maybe playing first base. I mean, I think in an ideal world, he's going to almost exclusively DH. And then if they really need him to maybe play left field, I guess he's just getting reps there. I mean, like we're all hoping Lamont Way Jr. returns back to his 2021 form but he's supposed to be our starter right our yeah starting first baseman i i mean i kind of see that position as being a bit of a revolving door it's gonna i think we'll see yeah, a lot between of yeah between wade wilmer jd davis i guess maybe jock yeah i i don't disagree our next topic is probably the spiciest i think <laughs> okay <laughs> the one i question the most All giants right. giants finishing second in the nl west yeah so I don't think this is that spicy, but I don't know. Maybe it is. But when I wrote this, I, I was thinking the Giants would finish second behind the Dodgers. So, you know, go Dodgers, Giants, Padres in the NL West. But then the Dodgers just didn't do anything this offseason. Gavin Lux just got hurt and he's out for the year. And that's a huge bummer, obviously, for him. You know, it finally looked like he was going to get the everyday job to himself and just kind of like a freak injury. So, I mean, that's a bummer for him, but... It's also a knock on how good the Dodgers are going to be, in my opinion. So, and then the and then the Padres went out and seemed like they added like forty new guys along with the the roster they already had. So, I still think the Giants will finish second. I just think it'll be Padres, Giants, Dodgers now instead. Yeah, I mean, I I love you for thinking that we'll be higher than the Dodgers. I really hope we are. Man, the West is the West is good though. It is. I mean, even the the Diamondbacks look sneaky good. They've got a ton of young talent. They've got more prospects on the way. So it might not be this year, but it wouldn't shock me if they started clicking this year. Those four teams and and then the poor Rockies. <laughs> Much love to Evan Longoria out there in Arizona now. I think that's a good fit because they're such a young team. And when he's healthy, he's still very good. So yeah, I think that's a really good fit because he'll be there to kind of help out the young guys. Yeah, plus also good for him. I think he lives there, so that's yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah, he said at the end of the year if he either wanted to come back to the Giants, go back to Tampa Bay where he spent most of his career, or go to Arizona where he's got a house. So that makes sense. One of our prospects, they're going to make a debut and have a big impact? Yeah, so again, I wrote this back in September. I was trying to go out on a limb a little bit, so I didn't want to pick like a reliever because I think they are going to have some decent like rookie relievers, Cole Waits, RJ Dabovich, those types. And then Kyle Harrison just seemed too obvious, so I didn't want to pick him. So at the time, I thought I was going out on a limb, and I said Casey Schmidt. Because uh, he was in double A, he wasn't, you know, real high on any prospect lists. And now that seems like too obvious of a pick. He's a little blocked at third base right now behind David VR and, you know, potentially Wilmer and potentially J.D. Davis. Just talking about Schmidt a little bit, he's an absolute beast of a defender at third base. They're even having him play shortstop a little bit because he's so good at third base. And if the bat plays even a little bit, that's an extremely good player. Obviously, he's still in the minors and we don't know if his bat is going to play but if it does i mean that's a really good player considering i think he could go out and probably win a gold glove well maybe not ahead of arenado and and machado just because they're the incumbents but i mean that's the level of defense he plays though so 
you know, with that as the baseline, if he can hit even a little bit, I'm pretty excited about him. Absolutely. I said at the beginning, I think the door is open for the young talents. I can't wait to, to watch them. Yeah. So Giants moving on from Tommy LaStella. Yeah, this one is obviously the least spicy. <laughs> it just seems so obvious. You I know. thought we already did. I mean, it's maybe it's just me moving on. <laughs> it was probably just you moving on. <laughs> It was a bummer. He didn't, he didn't ever seem fully healthy. So I just don't think he could really play the field. And, you know, the, the Giants do like the flexibility in the designated hitter spot to be able to almost use it as like a quasi day off and, you know, mm. put guys back in the field and maybe take a guy off his feet for half the game and just hit. So, yeah, I think this one was pretty obvious. And then sure enough, they went their separate ways. And I think he's in the Seattle system at the moment. So, I mean, best of luck to him. But I just don't think it was it was a fit going forward. Yeah. Farhan, he's signing an extension, you think? I, I do. This one's a little tricky. It might have already happened. They don't really talk about it, so we don't really know. He had a huge hill to climb taking over after the 2018 season. I think he's actually done a pretty good job. Obviously, we had that 2021 season, which was probably an outlier, but those were a lot of the, the players that he brought in in combination with like Posey having a career year and Crawford having a career year and things like that. But I do think the ownership really likes him. So I think he's got like a pretty long leash, if you will. So I think he's probably, if he hasn't signed it already, due for an extension. I know that some people are not Farhan fans, but you and I, as we already said, we're we're pretty big believers in what he's doing. So yeah, I got faith. So Donnie Walton, he's the newest version of, of Yaz and late night Lamont. Yeah, so this one is probably going to be way off. I think the logic was sound. So obviously what I was kind of talking or thinking about when I wrote this was that they were going to have a guy that kind of had a breakout season almost out of nowhere, just like Yaz did a few years ago, like Wade did two years ago. You know, he's a left-handed hitting middle infielder, so he's going to have the big side of the platoon. They gave up what seems to be a decent prospect for him. So that hurts a little bit. Maybe this was a little bit of copium and (laughs) hoping that he would turn into something. He is currently recovering from shoulder surgery. So I don't think it's actually going to be Donovan Walton, but I think a very comparable player is Brent Wisely, who is also a left-handed hitting middle infielder that they just traded for from the Rays. So he seems like the obvious choice. The Rays kind of ran out of time with him, so they traded him for, I think, a a bullpen arm. If anything happens to either of the current Giants middle infielders in Tyro Estrada or Brandon Crawford, I think Wisely is the next man up. And because he hits left-handed, I think he can do pretty well. Yeah, it certainly seems seems reasonable. It's sad. I do think that we've probably seen the best of Yaz and Wade. I love the guys, but I just feel like their ceiling isn't very high. I'm a little bit more optimistic on Wade. Uh, I think he was just hurt last year. I, I don't think he was ever I healthy. I agree with that, yeah. And apparently, he was kind of a little bit hindered by a knee injury at the end of 21. And then because of the stupid lockout going into the 2022 season, he couldn't talk to the team about it. So he started last year behind and then got hurt and then just was never able to catch back up. Obviously, we'll we'll have to see, but I'm optimistic that as long as he's healthy, that he'll be he'll be a, a pretty big contributor this year. Yeah, I, I hope so. Speaking of contributors, you've got Doval leading the league in saves. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he'll lead the league in saves, but I think this was just more of a you like a prediction. It. Well, I did say it, but I guess my point was that I think he's just established himself as a very, very, very good reliever. 
whenever it was last year that he found that two seam fastball or sinker or whatever you want to call it. Like he just became a different pitcher. He looks way different. It's a pitch that is way different than both his four seam fastball and his slider, which both have like glove side run from the right-hand side. His sinker moves the uh, opposite direction. So I think he just needed that to get hitters off of his other two pitches that kind of broke the same way. And we saw it at the end of last year. He was just unbelievable. I also think that bringing in Taylor Rogers, I'm going to mess this up the whole year. Yes, Taylor Rogers, not Tyler Rogers. <laughs> but I think bringing in Taylor Rogers to help ease his workload a little bit, help keep him fresh, you know, bring him in in those save situations. I think he has the potential to lead the league in saves. I yeah. think. Hell yes, man. I, yeah, I mean, I'm here for it. The yeah. Iceman cometh. Like you said, that stinker <laughs> is nasty and yeah, gives him more depth, disgusting. right? And yeah, he's had a, he's had a chance to mature into the league a bit now, and I think he's gonna feel mighty comfortable up there on that mound. Yeah, the only hesitation I have against actually leading the league in saves is that they might do something where, like, if the game's on the line in the seventh or the eighth instead of the ninth, they might have him come in earlier instead of just saying, here's the ninth inning, go get the save. So I think that's the only thing I would say in argument of actually leading the league in saves. But regardless, he's going to be, I think he's just going to be lights out this year. Yeah, I agree. He's going to be good. Hey, that that's all I have. You you have any bonus content you want to go Yeah, sure. So bonus 2025 edition. So looking way in the future, I think they're going to just go absolutely bananas and break the bank for Juan Soto. I think they'd love to get Shohei Otani, but so would every other team. So it's going to be pretty insane of a bidding war. And I just, I don't think the Giants will, will come away with him. I do think that Juan Soto makes a lot of sense. He's obviously got a great eye at the plate makes really good swing decisions. And you know what? We've seen a Hall of Fame left fielder come over in free agency after spending time with the team that drafted him. We've seen that before. So let's run it back and and do it again. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. We're going to go after someone big. Either of those two names, right? Those would be a dream come true. I'd go out and buy their jersey the next day. Totally. Soto did have a bit of an off year, but his ceiling seems very high to me. I think the best is yet to come for him. So why not do it in orange and black? Yeah, why not? That was all I had for my predictions. So yeah, roast away. Yeah, no, (laughs) I don't think some of them. No, I don't even really think they were that hot. Nothing too spicy. All right. Certainly anything we talked about could, I think could happen. Hopefully we do beat the Dodgers. Yeah, that would be, that would be happy. Yeah. I, I, well, but yeah, I, I mean, we, we talked about it a lot. I think uh, they're, look, we don't have, we don't have the superstars. We didn't do anything really exciting in the off season, but the talent is there. Maybe it is unreasonably optimistic. Maybe it's not, but I, I think, I think there's something to be excited for. Definitely. And this, I mean, this is the time of year to do it. So let's have fun with it. Yeah, let's do it. Well, good talking to you. Yeah, you too. That's it. You want to, you want to take us out? Yeah. So thanks everybody for listening. You can visit us at thirdandking.shop. You can contact us at thirdandkingshop at gmail.com. That's the word third spelled out in both of those. So uh, no numerals. You can also find us on Instagram at thirdandkingshop. So uh, yeah, thanks for listening and we'll talk to you soon. Cheers.